everyone, and welcome to another episode of Justin the Food Entrepreneur's Podcast. I'm Justin Bizarro. I'm your host. That's B-I-Z-Z-A-W-A-R-O. And you can find us on social media on Facebook and Instagram at Justin the Food Entrepreneurs. Today, I'm back with us for a part three, Spencer from Spencer's Jerk and Jerky. How are you doing today, Spencer? I'm doing good. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well, thank you. So, you're the first one that I've interviewed since the whole COVID quarantine thing sort of really ramped up. So, I think the last interview I did was around tax day, actually, April 15th. And so you're the first one back on board in almost July, so two and a half months is off. I mean, what has your world been like? How has jerky sales been? I mean, there's a thousand different questions. But I guess first, quick give the audience an update of on who you are, your products are, um, and sort of what your business model is. Sure. Um, so my name's Spencer. Um, I live out of uh, Ashburn, Virginia, right in the Northern Virginia, right outside Washington, D.C., um, and I, I operate Spencer's Jerk and Jerky. So uh, we may make the fresh beef jerky products on the market. Everything's made to order. So, so uh, buy the steak fresh for every single order, and then we craft the marinade fresh for every single order. Um, everything is uh, only uses like you know lo- local, all natural ingredients, things like that. Outside of some uh, all natural honey that we actually get shipped from New Jersey, um, and another hot honey that we get shipped in from New York. But yeah, I mean, it, we're able to say that because it's really impossible to, to get any fresher because we literally drive to the butcher every time an order comes in uh, on my website, um, which as you imagine, I'm sure we'll talk more, more about it. Uh, my business model and everything's been very interesting uh, in this post system during the COVID, you know, getting all that stuff uh, on a day-to-day basis is very, very interesting. Yeah, and I and, and I can imagine exactly what are your flavors because I think you do a great job of sort of your integration and sort of tell me about your sort of seasonal one-offs and, and things like that that you do just so we can get it clear for the audience. Yeah, sure. So um, I have one of my five uh, normal flavors. I call them like my staple flavors that I always have available on my website. Um, so I have my original. Um, it's just my twist on a traditional beef jerky. So um, it was also the first one I made. Um, and it doesn't have like any one key, you know, like flavor out of it that, that jumps out. Um, very flavorful, but nothing, you know, in particular that jumped out that I wanted to really attach a name to it. So just kept it easy, named it original. Um, I also have, have an Old Bay flavor, which uh, I know we've explained before in one of the previous episodes, but Old Bay is a really, really popular um, seasoning, you know, anywhere you're in your water. You know, most people like to use it on crabs and stuff like that. So, um, I wanted to spice the Old Bay flavor since I really only saw one company on the market that was doing, you know, an Old Bay flavor beef jerky. I do a uh, Hobbit bourbon flavor, which I actually infused with some uh, beam bourbon and uh, also some habanero infused wildflower honey. And what that lets me do is make it like a little bit sweet, a little bit tender, and, uh, you know, without having to add any sugars. I don't really add any sugars in any of my products. And then um, I have a mandarin jalapeno flavor, and my real goal on that one, I was trying to make something that was kind of similar to orange chicken, and um, you would get it, you know, like Panda Express or something like that. And then uh, I also have lemon pepper, and that one, you know, not a real crazy, crazy story outside that I just love lemon pepper. It's always what I get with my uh, my wings, my favorite flavor. So I kind of wanted to adapt that to a jerky flavor as well. And then... Um, lately, I've been doing a, a Bubba's Bold, actually a honey barbecue uh, jerky, and that one's been a lot of fun. I originally just did it to bring to breweries, stuff like that, with me 
um, with Dennis, who you've had on the show in the past, Uncle Rocker's Barbecue. So I take his Bubba's Bold um, Kansas City style barbecue sauce as the base, and uh, I add some, some twists to it. You know, I add some uh, habanero, or not habaneros, I'm sorry, jalapenos, and added it in that way. And I originally made it just as a test run. We were going to bring it to brewery and stuff like that with us. And we did a couple of times to sell it and people liked it. And then uh, yeah, I threw it up on my website. And then actually the past month or two, it's been the most popular flavor. I've actually probably shipped um, his flavored uh, beef jerky to like, you know, 10 to 15 states over the past like 30 or 40 days. That's pretty, pretty cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so that was a lot of fun. So explain to me, so that's a collaboration. So how do you make that work, and, and what's that flavor? And isn't it, it's different than your flavors, but, I mean, how do you sort of give me an idea of how you sort of put that all together? Because I think it's a very important thing during this time to collaborate in the way that you have. Yeah, you know, we always, me and him always bounce ideas off of each other because um, I'll work and I do barbecue catering with them, um, you know, whether it's at like private events, we do breweries, we'll do, you know, full pig roast for fundraisers, you know, um, I've gone and done, uh, you know, bat mitzvahs with them and stuff like that. So me and him are all talking and, you know, talking business on the side. And it's really a lot of those like, like side ideas or the side conversations we have where we end up coming up with something. Um, you know, one day we decided that when we go to breweries with him, we should make a baked potato and put barbecue in it. And then I was sitting there and I was like, well, why don't we put my candy bacon on top of that potato? Um, and it was kind of, that, I think we did that first, first. And then we're sitting there one day and I was like, he was like, he always tells me I should bring beef jerky with me for the bar- barbecue event. So I was like, well, in order to make it so it's not something completely different, why don't I make a flavor with one of your sauces? And then um, his Bubba's Bowl was, you know, it's a little bit sweet, but mostly spice. Um, and it's just a traditional Kansas City barbecue sauce. So I was like, well, I think I'm going to start with that one. Um, and I did a little bit trial and error. We, you know, we ate a little bit of it on the side and then started bringing it with us to places. And then more recently, uh, you know, breweries are just starting to open up now, um, but not so much catering and stuff like that. So uh, I really had to bring it online and people really were uh, drawn to it because um, I really had a barbecue flavored uh, jerky before in my lineup. So, so a lot of people were drawn to it and then it kept selling. So then I just keep getting Dennis to, uh, you know, give me a sauce and uh, more sauce. He's probably giving me like four or five huge, like four gum bottles of sauce, you know, over the past, you know, three or four months. That's pretty cool. And so, I mean, a little bit explain your going to market. I mean, cause you talked about the breweries and you were in there and I know we've talked about it in the previous episodes, but I mean, Spencer sort, you have this product. I mean, what's your method to get it to market right now? I mean, you're at the, at the beginning stages and, and you're in the hustle and grind right now, completely day to day. So what is it that you're sort of experiencing? How are you handling that as you sort of have entered the beef jerky market over the last, I mean, we've been talking for over a year, so two-ish years at least. It started to really now progress to the point where rather than um, we talked about on other episodes and other conversations where, you know, I kept buying more and more cookers. How many uh, cookers would I need uh, in order to keep the business going as it, you know, as it grows and keep it sustainable and stuff like that? So actually yesterday today, um, I buy a new one um, and I bought a pretty big industrial size um, cooker. And it's not so much because I plan on necessarily going to bulk yet. Um, where, you know, maybe it won't, it won't be as made order, um, just because at some point in time, you know, it might expand to where you, you can't really, uh, sustain a made order and have every single customer still be able to buy it. Um, and the, the growth's been pretty crazy, 
um, really starting with April 1st on, um, everything's really uh, kind of excited with my business. So I bought a bigger cooker, but at the same time, I think I'm only going to be cooking these, still these, these made to order orders. Um, but it, it, the, the need and the, the want and the, you know, everything like that is running that big on my website. That I can't, uh, really get it out fast enough with the, uh, the smaller size cookers that I've used. Which we've talked about like previously, I can probably cook like three or four pounds in a cooker. Um, where in the new, I think I might be able to cook, you know, like 20 to 30 at a time. Well, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. Let me um, tra- trace back something that you said earlier because I think it's important. You made a comment that you don't add any sugar to your products. And, and I want to make this a point because I think a lot of beef jerky companies out there add brown sugar to their products. One, because it darkens the beef jerky. And two, because it um, because it adds that sweetness and you know which raises the sugar level. So, what did you, what you mean when you said you didn't add any sugar to your products? Yeah, so it's exactly yeah, so it's exactly that. Um, and a lot of the stuff, stuff. I mean, most stuff like we've talked in the past. I kind of started the company, and it's really grown and grown, grown. Uh, kind of a series of mistakes. Um, you know, I wasn't nearly setting out to start a company when it first started. So. I was just trying to make myself a good food and I just wanted to use stuff uh, that I would use for myself. And my marinade and my outlook still with marinades is always just, I, I treat it the same way as if I was going to, you know, go grill the steak, you know, on my barbecue grill. Uh, I never thought to add sugar to that. So it never really made sense to me. Um, and it went until um, actually selling at the breweries where I started getting a lot of, you know, face-to-face interaction with consumers where they would ask me, you know, how much sugar do you put in it? And my answer was always, well, I, None, you know, I never, never even thought, thought to do it. Um, so when I say I don't have any sugar, literally, that, you know, I never, uh, I never really add any sugar. Um, the, the really the sweeteners you're going to get is going to be uh, from a lot of the wildflower honeys that I get, you know, shipped down from New Jersey and New York. Um, now I will say the the bubble flavor by just by trade because I'm using Tennessee barbecue sauce. I know that has a little bit of brown sugar in it, um, but my five staple flavors, um, I never, you know, add any sugar or anything like that. Yeah, I think that's that's pretty cool. So, how did you um, how did you sort of then get your product across the country? I mean, I recently saw on social social media did you have seven more states to go? I think Wyoming, Minnesota um, were two of them. I can't remember what else I saw on there, but there were like seven states left. So, how do we get you over over this this hurdle here? And how have you sort of been doing doing so far? Yeah, you know, I actually realized um, someone pointed out to me that I, I miss I miscounted. So it's actually it's like actually only six left left. Um, so and I have them here because I knew I knew it'd come up and I know it's come up up another episode. I wasn't prepared, so I figured I'd write them down. So uh, it's Alaska, Hawaii, Wyoming, Indiana, Arkansas, uh, and then Minnesota. Um, and as far as how I've kind of gotten to go across to go across the country, a lot of more recent states um, was really just driven driven from social media and like a little bit of marketing on my part. Um, you know, I've photoshopped a few different times. Um, I wanted to do it again today. I just didn't have the time to uh, make a map and kind of fill in the state with my brand's colors you know, as I hit each state. And uh, kind of similar to the videos I post um, that we've talked about in other episodes where I show the shipment into the mailbox and where they're heading. Um, I think people like to see where they're going and things like that. And I've had a lot of people um, reach out to me when I when I make this post and be like, "Hey, I actually have family in Maine, or I actually have family here." And and um, I think her name was Tracy. 
uh, she ordered to Michigan after our last episode. Yeah, absolutely. We recorded that episode, and she listened to it, and she saw my post because she followed me after that uh, after the interview was posted, and she saw that Michigan wasn't uh, wasn't checked off. And she messaged me, you know, you check it off now. I'm going to order um, off your website. Um, so really, word of mouth, and just you know, it, it's really been organic. I, I, I'm I'm starting to get the itch. I'm kind of wanting to do like some social media, you know, target campaigns only in those states that are blank. Uh, but I haven't I haven't taken it that far yet. Um, as far as like throwing throwing money at the at the goal directly. Yeah, I think what we're going to start to find is we're going to find a lot more sh- shelf stable, um, less um, mess with products such as yours with no sugars in them, and a lot more direct to consumer. I mean, that's something that the quarantine has proven. It's certainly proven in the models that I see in the companies I've worked with, and it just seems that you know we're starting more and more comfortable with you know, expanding our horizons on what's just available for us in a grocery store, going to someone like you and, and ordering online a totally normal thing now. You know, a lot of people did it for here and there, but as, as it becomes like part of your staple every month, I think that's become pretty cool. So Yeah, and just to touch on that real quick, to, like, to, to even end on that, it's already kind of proven itself because um, totally business kind of picked up on April 1st, and April was a record month for my business. And then as quick as May, we more than doubled April. So it really, you know, that theory's already kind of, I think, proven itself that people really are looking for something they can order, have it arrive to their doorstep, not have to go out, not have to go anywhere, and things like that. And I mean, it's a thing that's happened through quarantine. We've also proven that while this has happened, people are more comfortable with it and they're still used to their traditional things. What's also starting to happen is because people are starting to see that there's other options out there as they search, you know, online as way more options than at a grocery store, that you're not just settling for, eh, I like this, so I'm going to get it. I don't love it, but it's good. Now I can buy you know, pasta sauce from wherever, beef jerky from wherever, and I can get what I actually love. And it can actually be suited, even customized to my diet, you know? So whatever that is, actually, I should just call it lifestyle. I think diet's a, if you're really going to do something, I think we're living in a lifestyle age, whether it's a keto, a paleo, a bean, you know, we're organic. Those are all lifestyles, I feel like. So whatever lifestyle you feel like, following you know it's pretty cool what you're doing so i mean tell us about that what does that mean to you what's the experience like to have your business double one month you know and then double again you know what's that experience like what's the you know because everyone's ch- chasing that right that validity in their business yeah i mean it's been really humbling uh and really crazy um you know trying to find the time because I never really imagined, you know, like I said, I wasn't aiming to start a business from, from the first start jump. And then to like to watch it keep expanding was, was really fun and really humbling. And then to have April happen and I'm like, wow, you know, that, 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 that's crazy. Um, and then when it happened again, and then it just don't happen. It, I wouldn't say we doubled this month, but this month is pretty close to last, last month. Um, and it's just kind of opened my eyes. And I've had to start thinking about things that we're discussing here now about, you know, what the future looks like as far as, you know, just economically how people are going to make their purchases and things like that. Um, you know, before all this happened, I think even thinking maybe on the last episode, uh, I think we were talking about, I was telling you, I hadn't done too much of the breweries, but I want to get back into them again. 
Um, and now that whole landscape, I don't really know. Um, I, I actually went to Mustang Sally uh, the other day um, to pick up some beer that I've made a, a, a beer flavored jerky or a beer infused jerky with before. And um, I was talking to one of the bartenders there and I picked up the beer about like how, you know, like I don't really know if I'll be able to start doing um, these events or like if even when, when I can, like what turnout would be like, are people really going to want to go, uh, you know, and then see a jerky vendor um, in person where they prefer, you know, to have it just shipped their door, kind of like we're talking about. Yeah, I think that we're getting used to less and less human interaction a little bit until we get through all of this, at least in the in the short, short run. So, you know, I think <clears throat> we need to understand what all that's, you know, what the future is just going to bring. But meantime, it's so easy to have something shipped to your door. I mean, I got to tell you, the packages out of my house have, like, quadrupled recently. So... so. Yeah, and uh, Shopify has actually added some different stuff to their uh, their website and their in their interface lately. Um, as far as like allowing customers to set for you know pick up right from your website or select for local delivery, and you can get a radius um, of how far you're willing you know to drive uh, to make the you know make that contact contactless delivery yourself and not have to go to go through uh, you know any of the mail vendors. Yeah, and um, so I, I actually got I actually got, got that set up today. Um, yeah, I got an email about it. <laughs> yeah, I just it's, it's interesting. A lot of our clients, and including ourselves with our own brands, uh, we use Shopify stuff. We've just add that to a lot of it to add that local delivery. It's a great feature. Why not? Why not add that customer serving that ability to interact with the customer face to face? You know, sure. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I know, and I, you know, anyone who's listening to other episodes that we've done, you know, I was working, you know, full time in a, in an office building with, you know, over 100, 200, 300 people walking around. Um, so I used to be able to make a lot of, you know, some local drop offs that way then. So, but now that's kind of gone, gone out the window. So, um, it was good that, you know, Shopify kind of saw that. Um, I don't know who they saw it or customers were, you know, talking about it or what, but, um, I got, got that set up. And within a couple of days, people already started using it in the area. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. I like that. Um, I think that's um, great that you brought that up because I think there's a lot of people out there that, that don't know tools like that exist. But, I mean, why not? I mean, gosh, that goes a long way, you know, stuff like that. You know, the thanking the customer, the added customer service, that goes beyond customer service and now becomes part of the customer experience to- totally that got to meet you and you're the person behind the jerky, you know, the gin Spencer. <laughs> So <laughs> yeah, that's part of what I miss about the brewery that I think is, is making that face-to-face contact. Um, yeah, yeah. It's great being behind the scenes, but sometimes it's nice to get out there. So what is, I mean, what do you think for the future? I mean, are you seeing a brighter one? I mean, you probably were having increased sales to begin with if you kept going and you've added flavors and specialties and stuff like that. But I mean, what's the real future you're seeing now? I mean, life the world is a little little bit different your world has obviously changed um personally but then it seems like in a good way from a business standpoint so what are our next steps yeah so um to kind of backtrack and then answer your question at the same time so you know previous my turnaround time i always strive for was 72 hours because that allowed me the time to go buy your steak get it home make the marinade marinate it for 24 hours, cook, and then have it go out the next day. Um, and that was easy to do when, when I had, you know, not a crazy, crazy amount of orders. But, um, yeah, you, you know, 
it, it did expand even before COVID, like you were saying. So, so an effort to expand and expand and expand, it's gotten real crazy. And it's kind of drawn a lot of the stuff that I've been thinking about that I think maybe I thought was way further out, like maybe it was three or four years out. It's now looking maybe like three or four months out. So, because, um, you know, it's instead of taking 72 hours, sometimes it's been taking me up to, you know, two weeks to get it shipped out. Um, and I have great customers. I think 25% of my customers on my website this year have been repeat customers. So I know they're coming back and they're super patient. They always tell me to take my time and stuff like that. Um, so I got their cooker on the way. That's coming in a couple of days. That's going to allow me, I think, I get kind of back where I was as far as how fast I can produce it. Um, but what's really been interesting, and I think we might have talked, I talked about this offline, but uh, I had to buy a meat slicer. So my process has kind of expanded where not only am I going and buying it from, from the butcher fresh, but I also had to start slicing it myself. So right now, um, you know, I have about 60 pounds of orders and I need to slice, you know, all the steak and then put it into the marinade. So that's added a little bit of time to the process too. Um, so it's really starting to really think and, and I'm starting to do my do like research on uh, actually like co-packers and stuff like that. Um, and I might actually have, you know, I still want to stay true to my ingredients, you know, and still use fresh local ingredients. I still want to stay true to all of that. Um, but I might have to step A at some point from the, the made to order aspect like I was talking about earlier. Um, I think that part is starting to kind of kind of creep up because um, I don't feel like I have the time. And then I also feel like I could have the, the time better suited um, if I was full time, you know, I'm marketing and selling my product and building the brand and someone else could handle the other aspects. Uh, I think that's kind of where I see the, the next step. And I feel like the next step started to kind of creep up on me a lot, lot faster than I thought it really was going to. So, Spencer, the um, the question I have then is, okay, well, actually, I'm going to pull, pull some questions from your last podcast um, before I go into my own questions, because I want to make sure I get the audience's questions answered from the last one. It's what you just kind of brought up is, what cut of meat do you use for your beef jerky and why? Sure. So, um, I always steak. Typically, I use uh, top round. Um, to be hundred percent honest, the first time I used top brown was because the cookery that I bought from the infomercial that I've talked about in the past, uh, um, said to buy top brown steak, um, moving forward, I've learned that, um, a lot of people say I round is the best cut of steak. Some people say top brown. Um, the main reason I use those, it helps me to keep it a bit more economical. Um, if you look online you'll see tons and tons of memes, um, about how expensive beef jerky is. Um, there are some, some great brands out there that like, uh, use filet mignon, for example, uh, three jerks, uh, jerky it was on shark tank. They use filet mignon. They're really, really cool guys. I talked to a couple of them before. Um, but, uh, uh, the end of the day, you're kind of, you know, you're dehydrating or you're smoking, you're getting this uh, really, really dry meat. It's going to be chewy. Um, it's going to take whatever marinade you have to it. So you don't really need to go out and spend a bunch of money on, on like a really expensive cut of steak. Um, you just want something that you can, you can slice them thin and, you know, isn't, you know, crazy fatty or anything like that. So like typical top round doesn't have a whole lot of fat on it either. So you can make a nice clean, you know, cut of beef jerky that way. Okay. Great answer. <clears throat> All right. Let's see here. Let me find another one. What are three flavors that you hope to produce in the future and why? 
three flavors. So um, the first one, I'll kind of try. I have somebody who's actually sending me some scorpion peppers um, in the mail that their buddies grew. So I'm going to make something with that. Um, I haven't 100% decided what I'm going to do with it yet, um, but I'm starting to try to use um, some different peppers in uh, flavor. So I just did a limited run on a, a mango ghost pepper flavor. I mean, I did mangoes because mangoes are my favorite fruit. I wanted something a little bit sweet. And then uh, tons and tons and tons of people have asked me about ghost peppers. peppers. Um, at least I started and then a lot more frequently. And people told me it's because of a show um, called Hot Ones where they tried like the different hot sauces on the wings. Um, apparently that like made ghost peppers super popular. Um, but yeah, something, something with the scorpion peppers. I don't know exactly what yet. I'll probably add some kind of some kind of sweetness to that. Um, and then I actually just texted Dennis um, a day or two ago and told him I want to make another flavor with one of his sauces. So um, I've already talked about the Bubba's Bold, it's like a honey barbecue, which uses that Kansas style sauce. Um, he also has one that he calls cheese, uh, and that one's a little bit on the sweeter side, and it has like some apple flavor to it. Um, so I kind of want to experiment with that one and see what I can come up with. And the main reason is I, I always feel, feel like I cater to my spicy crowd. Um, but I know that there's people who want something that's not, you know, you know, super, super hot either. Uh, so I want to try to make something like that. And then I had to pick a third one. Um, you know, I, I, I think I might finally get over it. I've done, I've done a limited run one in the past. Um, but I always felt like it's just like a stereotypical flavor. Uh, but I might do something to do with a teriyaki. Uh, I did the pineapple teriyaki in the past. Um, but as I'm expanding, I'm getting tons and tons and tons of people still asking for something to teriyaki. Uh, so I might think of another creative way uh, to make something like the teriyaki variety if I had to pick three flavors. I'm not going to read the whole thing on this one, but I'll get straight to the question. Um I love Old Bay and vinegar on my boardwalk fries when I am on the East Coast uh, at the ocean. Would you ever consider making a vinegar Old Bay beef jerky for people that do the same thing? Maybe. Um, I do know people who do the vinegar vinegar thing. I had a roommate who, uh, you know, five guys burgers and fries. He used to love, love pouring the vinegar um, in the bag and just shaking up that brown paper bag, bag full of vinegar. Um, what I might, what I might consider doing actually, um, is I could do something like that. And, uh, and Dennis has, you know, a vinegar based barbecue sauce. Um, that's super good. Really my style, but I could experiment with that in some old bay. That might come out pretty interesting. might be a little niche though. I don't know. I don't know how popular, um, <laughs> that one would be, but you know, since it's made to order, uh, you know, the, the, the worst that would happen is, you know, people don't order it, but that, I also don't make it. So, so I wouldn't be opposed to it. Well, I think what's interesting about that and why I like that question and is because I just think about how many people eat boardwalk fries when they go to the ocean on the East Coast, particularly like New Jersey and Delaware, Maryland, Maryland Virginia. I'm not sure down in the Carolinas, but um, it's such a popular thing. And I know people growing up that didn't want just the old day. They needed that malt vinegar also that was on the French fries, which is, is assuming is what she talks about, which I like malt vinegar with my fries. And I like obey on my fries. I just never thought the two of them together. But I could possibly see that being a cool thing, like a salt and vinegar chicken chip. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's not old today, but I feel like Five Guys might have some kind of something that my buddy used to pour for besides the, besides the vinegar. 
Um, I actually had boardwalk fries before I before I called you. I had a cheesesteak with some boardwalk fries. They weren't quite as good as the ones you know, right now at the beach, but they weren't bad. I know I used to eat them. I, I cannot believe how many French fries I probably ate at the beach. Um, during as a kid, I loved French fries. So there was that whole thing. Whole thing. Um, <laughs> let's talk about, I mean, things that, you know, would what have you seen there in Virginia? I mean, I think that's probably a good question um, from the businesses there, the restaurants. You, we were talking about the breweries. I mean, how impacted are they around you? Yeah, so um, everything's starting to kind of open up. Like, I think you're allowed um, even inside dining now um, with certain restrictions, certain distances, stuff like that. But I mean, one thing I did notice, like right off the bat, and I asked some people, uh, it seems like every single business is hiring. So it seems like a lot, a lot of places laid everyone off until they figured out what was going to happen. And now they need to rehire everybody. So it's like every, it seems like every single business is rehiring people. I've seen a lot of places that are doing like, you know, business sales. Um, but then on the flip side, more specifically, obviously, we're talking about food, you know, on this podcast is the restaurants in a lot of ways, I think some of them have, have seen growth like I have because, you know, uh, everyone wanting to stay home at home and having to stay home for a while. Everyone's going on to DoorDash. Everyone's going on to Uber Eats. And, you know, kind of got to give kudos to some of the different apps because they've actually kind of, it seems like, done their best to, to try to market the more local people, the more small places for a little while. Um, I know Uber Eats specifically was offering free delivery all like local mom and pop type places, but I think they thought that was only going to last for a week or two. <laughs> like initially everyone thought it was going to be like a fortnight days because it, it didn't last. They eventually got rid of that. But um, there's a lot of outdoor eating that's allowed to happen right now. Um, all the breweries have, you know, kind of reopened. Um, there was one, I think within an hour or so of me that, so tested positive at, so they had to close the doors. Um, I think, I think at least temporarily, um, but you are allowed indoor in most places. You're supposed to still wear a mask, um, until like you get, get to your table and things like that. And then like, you have to get up to go to the restroom. You have to get up to go to the bar. Um, you have to wear a mask. Um, you can eat inside. No bars are open as far as like, you can't sit at a bar. Um, but you can sit at a table at a bar. Different world, my friend. Different world. At least right right now. Um, you know, it's interesting. So, I mean, that being said, I mean, has it changed your strategy at all, the way that you market? I mean, you've had some success through all this. I mean, has it changed your social media strategy? Because you mentioned you're, you're stepping up your social media a little bit and you're targeting... I mean, talk, talk to us about that a little bit. I mean, what is it that you've changed or, or, or think you need to change or that's working really well for you? You know, I really haven't changed much, um, really at all. Um, I've thrown a couple more dollars at a few sponsored ads to, to see if any traction sticks, just because just business is good and figure, why not reinvest, you know, 50 bucks here and see, uh, see what turns out of it. Um, but outside of that, that, I really haven't changed a whole lot, uh, other than um, still working, uh, you know, with the podcast, the, the uh, Florida Gator podcast, Stadium and Gale, and um, I handle their social media. I might have sponsored one or two more episodes, one or two more segments um, since last time uh, I talked to you. So 
Um, really been sticking with that. And um, I think I'd probably send more, more beef jerky to Florida um, as a byproduct of that than like any other state. And uh, since I have a promo code that I use through through them, um, I sponsor an episode. I'm able to tell when people order because of that podcast. So um, that's where like the really the expansion really really started around October November of last year, and um, leading up to COVID, where then it kind of you know you know exploded uh, you know again. Um, but uh, outside of that, the only thing I'd say is I'd probably just spend the majority of my time marketing on, on Twitter, where I feel like I previously used to spend a lot more time on Instagram. Um, I'll post here and there on Instagram, but not quite as frequently because um, kind of tying back to Shopify, one of the great things is it, it tells me where the people come from, whether they type in my site directly, whether they Googled it, whether they clicked on something on Instagram, on Twitter, or Facebook, and you know, anywhere else they found it. It will tell me where the customer found me and what, you know, what brought them to me. So, because I was getting the most traction on Twitter, that's kind of where I spend most of my time. Um, but yeah, outside of that, you know, I'm really still been, you know, really banking just on organic growth for the most part. So cool. I think that um, word of mouth is probably one of the best ways to market anything. Honestly. <clears throat> I will say there actually is one thing I've got that I've done a few times on Twitter um, to kind of tie it in. And then it. So I've been home and, and kind of stuck at home. I know everyone else is at home. There was a couple times I actually uh, went on Facebook Live, not Facebook Live, but Twitter Live, um, and actually did like a, a more in-depth breakdown of a flavor. And I did it while I was, you know, uh, getting the jerky set up to cook. People could see the product actually while I was getting ready to cook it. Um, and I kind of broke down the flavors. Uh, you know, pretty much as much depth as I do on here. You know, obviously not giving you know, everything, but enough you know they know what's in there as far as dietary and uh, you know allergy restrictions and stuff like that um people seem to like that uh you know i got, got a lot of questions and people post questions during the video that i can answer afterward and stuff like that i have watched people um spencer take their brand and products and break down each product and do segments on them and make specials of the week and uh do videos and instagram style videos or Twitter style videos or whatever and just get them out there, YouTube, and really boost their business. Why not be the advertisement? Why not be the face of your business? You're the one doing it. Who knows more than you do? And so I think that, that it's really an interesting thing, and I think more people need to start to capture that because it's so simple. You can do it with such an – you can do it with an iPhone now. I mean, I mean, realistically, that's how good the quality of those things are. Yeah, and one of the things I've done too, um, for, rather than doing the mailbox videos a lot, you know, I used to always do those in the morning when I got out to my office. Um, we had a UPS box right in the basement of our first, first floor of the office. I always just film it when I got there and then post it, you know, later on in the, in the day. Uh, but now what I do a lot of times is I'll even just do a video, video while I'm driving to the mailbox. There's one about like a mile from my house. So I'm live on Twitter and just, you know, rattle off the name and name that I can remember on whose orders going, uh, going out that day. I'll just, you know, rattle that off their first names. Um, and a lot of times people will, you know, see that video, hear, hear their name, and kind of get the same idea, uh, and like the same reaction that I would get on those other videos where it's just me, you know, throwing the packages in the mailbox. And then I kind of do like a roll call. Um, sometimes when I'm going to the butcher, I'll do the same thing. 
and I'll go on live and let everyone know that I'm heading to the butcher. So if they, you know, place an order in the next 15 or 20 minutes, I can buy their steak, you know, during that trip and get it started. I have another question for you from the audience, Spencer also. Um, have you ever considered doing jerky with anything other than beef or even a vegan jerky? Uh, yes and yes. So, um, I, I think we talked about it on one. I think we talked about it on the last episode. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. Um, I did do for a limited run. I did some turkey uh, jerky, and I, I sliced some turkey breast, and I made uh, uh, mandarin jalapeno um, turkey jerky. And what, what I did is. I had no idea how good it was going to be. I really didn't know what I was doing. Um, you know, I like to specialize in beef. So I put it up on my website and I had it up there for free. You just had to pay shipping. Um, and I think I sold about 30 packages of turkey jerky. And what I wasn't accounting for, or, or, oh, let me back up. What I was hoping would happen is they would try to be pretty good and then they'd order them to beef jerky. What ended up happening was people were ordering free turkey jerky but then already trusting the product and buying a bunch of beef jerky at the same time. Um, so it kind of got me a little busier than I was ending at the time, but, uh, I have done Turkey. Um, I wouldn't be opposed to doing it again, especially now that I have uh, my own slicer because I lie slicing that by hand. Um, just using, you know, a nice, nice, nice last time was the best experience. And then the second half of that question, when it comes to like vegan jerky, it's always, always something I've wanted uh, to try to dip my feet in and try to figure out because I've also heard from a lot of people who uh, are vegan and tried vegan jerky is that you can't find a lot of stuff out there on the market apparently. Um, and a lot of them on the shelf just aren't that great. So I did find out actually from, from somebody from my day job told me there's a, there's a product that's called uh Satan. And if you Google Satan jerky, the final product looks a lot, a lot, a lot like jerky. Um, so I really just have to find myself the tough time to kind of mess with that. I'd probably do a similar campaign where I'd pop up on my website free, you know, you pay shipping and then hopefully, you know, let me know what you think. Um, how was it? Because um, I wouldn't know what I was doing with, with vegan jerky. But, and, you know, my worries always been, I think I talked about it before, my worries always have been, you know, just how, how well is it going to retain the urinate? Um, how am I going to know when it's cooked? you know, or not cooked, things like that. Because um, that was something, you know, of a learning curve with the, the, the turkey, to, uh, to know exactly how long to cook it. Um, you know, I can do the beef, you know, without even thinking about it. It's kind of just second nature by now. But, now, but um, definitely a learning curve with some of the other some of the other flavors, some of the other types of the cuts and stuff like that. Yeah, you're going to like the next question. But first, I want to sort of tap into that question a little bit. You know, I've seen jerky... Um, jackfruit jerky the mushroom jerky gosh i'm trying to think of what other vegan style jerkies i've seen um i've heard a lot about jackfruit um, people have asked me about like i've seen like shiitake jerky oh yeah stuff like that yeah, yeah. um but yeah but then uh satan i didn't i never heard, heard about until until somebody at work but if you look that up it looks it looks kind of like beef it really looks real yeah there's two vegan jerkies that i think really well they're not beef they have this flavor that tastes really really good one is i've seen people now start slicing cauliflower and turning it into beef jerky long way so it's like the whole cauliflower where it almost looks like beef jerky in a weird kind of way once it's marinated 
which is pretty good. Uh, that's the best carrier of it I've seen. Mushrooms are pretty good. Um, they're more like, like I, I don't know how to describe it. They have that beef jerky style seasoning, but they have a different consistency that's not quite the, the same way. Maybe cauliflower is pretty close. Um, um, jackfruit, the smell is too weird for me. And, and, and I don't know, there's something about it, but... Um, there are people out there that love it. And I think there's other ones. I think I've seen people use like radishes or things like that or different options. Um, I'd be interested to find out if, if anyone wants to buy the podcast, what other kind of vegan jerkies there are out there. That'd be pretty, pretty cool topic. Uh, I do, I do know there's no fish ones out there, which isn't exactly a hundred percent that down that rabbit hole, but I like, um, I can't remember the company, but I, I've seen tuna, tuna uh, made into jerky quite often. Well, that's like cool. a good one. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, so the next question here, Spencer, you have mentioned on the last podcast you were a University of Florida fan. Have you ever considered making a line of gator jerkies? I bet they would be popular with all the fans, especially as they go across the country and root for their home team. Yeah, uh, I would, I would love to do that. I'm assuming they're asking about, um, I, I can't tell if they're just mean like a themed jerky or if they mean literally, uh, like made out of alligator, made out of um, alligator. It says alligator. I shortened it to, to gator. Sorry about that. I could see the confusion there. <laughs> got it. Got it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I definitely wouldn't, uh, wouldn't be opposed to that. Now I do, do, I will say that I think there are some fans that, um, won't eat it at least on, on game day superstitious reasons you know um when lsu comes to town you know they start grilling alligator on campus you know 12 hours before the game and stuff like that um but i do think that'd be a lot of fun um you know i get to talk to former gators and former gator players and things like that every day um and it was really cool actually you know some former gator players you know got my beef jerky for father's day as a present which was kind of cool um but yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to making it. I, I'm not, not superstitious in that fashion. Um, I, I'll eat gator when it's on the menu. Uh, I get gator bites at the swamp anytime I was in town in Gainesville, uh, which they're, they're tearing that down. I don't know if you've seen that, um, the, the swamp bar restaurant. But no, I didn't I know that. That's sad. Yeah, they're tearing. They're probably going to rebuild somewhere. Um, but you know, that's kind of one of those places that's always been there. So like, I don't know if the kind of kind of like a sequel for a classic yeah. movie. So really, really going to be the same. A lot of characters there, but uh, yeah, they're turning it down. Developers are putting up some high rises. So, ouch, ouch. They've been fighting it. They've been fighting it for a little while. A couple years been fighting it, but uh, yeah, it looks like it's finally about to happen. And I wish with more time because uh, it'd be nice to get back down there one more time um, before that happens. But it doesn't look like that's gonna really gonna happen. I know, unfortunately, I think that what you just said there is just such a large topic over the last four months. You know, one more time before I stout on that, and it happened during that time where we were all quarantined, you know, so. Exactly. Personally. Um, um, <clears throat> it would be interesting, though, to flip the script on that question right there. I don't know if you could, because, I mean, I guess LSU plays um, the Gators as in animals. Are there any other animals as Clemson in your... Or are they in the ACC? I can't remember. They're an SEC team. Yeah. Are they uh, ACC? Yeah, Clemson's in the, a they're in the ACC. 
I could yeah. make like a, I could do like some wild boar or something like that for like Arkansas. Um, yeah, you know, like they, when you're playing got... the opponents, you come in and you're eating their mascot. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I don't could do tiger, but uh... yeah, yeah. no, LSU. Yeah, no, that wouldn't go over yeah. so well. <laughs> uh, I'm sure there's probably something you could think of. That's that's one thing they do have an advantage of. You have an edible animal. They they kind of don't have that. At least not. Yeah. I mean, at least not after the Tiger King documentary on Netflix that conquered COVID nineteen uh, quarantine. Did you ever watch that thing? That thing was crazy. Yeah, I, I watched it. Uh, I watched it right, right when it first came out. And that, the, the funniest thing was everyone just talking about how no one realized you could actually afford a tiger. You know, tigers only about two, two grand. You know, and a, lot, a lot of people have you know dogs they buy from breeders. You know, like a French uh, a Frenchie cost I think anywhere from like four to five. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, well, you don't want. I can't remember the lady's name. The tiger lady chasing after you if you ever serve tiger meat jerky. That's for sure. So that would not be fun. <laughs> I think you just you just have to double down with her on the label. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Carol Baskin's on the label. Carol Baskin, that's it. Strike fear in everyone's eyes. Yeah. Um, but seriously, I think that there's just probably some fun there. I'm, I don't know. I like the question. I thought it was cool. So the future. I mean, really are your, your dreams grow into your own space or, and have your own production and, and sort of where does that go? And I mean, have you used Amazon? Do you use Amazon? Is that something you've ever talked about? Or do you like the independence? I mean, we never really dove into that and I've never really asked. Yeah. So I have, I actually have the Amazon business account. I, I signed up for it over a year ago, um, but I don't have it active. I just kind of have it sitting there. And the reason was um, really just because just scaling wise, I wasn't sure if I wanted to try to open up that can of worm worm and you know see if, you know see if I could you know I don't know if I would be able to handle another avenue if it blows up the same way my website did you know right off the bat. Um, so I, I never really signed up for it because I think it's kind of a subscription it's like I think it's like like twenty nine ninety nine a month um, to sell directly on there. Um, but I haven't I haven't opened that up yet. Um, but I think I really do think in the long run, what I see happening is me, you know, initially getting away from the made to order model, um, staying strict to my recipes and, uh, you know, having somebody, uh, you know, take over, um, on the production that I can oversee. And then, you know, that'll allow me, uh, you know, to, to focus full time on, you know, building the brand, selling it, marketing it, um, finding, you know, different avenues. Maybe I haven't even thought of yet, um, I think one of the great things um, with beef jerky and, you know, it being, you know, sustainable as a food, food is I kind of whatever I want with it. Um, you can bring it anywhere. It doesn't go bad. It's got pretty much an indefinite shelf life while, you know, back in the field. So um, with the limited amount of marketing and the, you know, almost no, no marketing dollars I put into the business now, um, I feel like I could really put myself full time into the, that you know, wear that hat full time rather than being, you know, the one who does the marinating and the slicing and cooking and, you know, all that stuff. I think that's kind of where I could see really expanding, you know, even bigger than I ever thought, you know, for like the sixth or seventh time now. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. So Spencer, I mean, anything you want to tell the audience, anything that you share? 
Um, I'm just really appreciative um, of everyone who's listened to this, all, all my customers, um, everyone who still buys from me, and even if they had bought from me one, one time. Um, because, you know, like I said, I started it really by mistake, and, you know, it's now grown um, beyond my expectations and gotten to a point where, you know, I still work my day job and I'm not working that same job, but um, it's really looking like, you know, you know at some point in time, I'm going to be able to make this my full-time job. Um, I mean, we've talked about that question before where people ask me, you know, when are you going to do it full time? And it's kind of always, it's kind of a full time job and not my full time job. Um, but now it's gone to the point where it's not, you know, just a hobby and like a madly successful business, but it's gone to the point where, um, it's allowed me to, you know, pay my bills. It's, you know, paying for the roof over my head. It's paying for my food. Um, it's buying me, you know, things like kayaks and stuff like that. And, uh, it's even more recently allowed me, you know, to, reinvest in the business but you know also start investing into uh you know different charitable organizations and things like that that i'm passionate about so um i just feel really blessed to have a following um and you know be able to have this platform uh of a snack food allow me to do um you know so much and um reach so many more people than i thought i really would ever be able to especially with a snack snack food i mean i always kind of tie it back to that yeah no it's pretty cool well, thank you, Spencer, for, for for joining us, and that's all very exciting stuff. And I'm I'm so excited for you in the future. And and thank you again for joining us. And you did you're doing a great job, man. I love what you're doing. And I love following you on social media and keeping up with you. I use Instagram, not Twitter as much, but I still follow you on there and see you all on there. So great what you're doing. Oh, thanks again for having me. It's awesome. I can't wait to come on again. All right, and, and um, will you tell the audience as we sort of finish up here where they can find you, what your website is? Um, again, just quick list the, the flavors that are your core flavors, and then um, uh, social media as well, including Twitter. Yeah, yeah. So you can find my website at spencersjerkinjerky dot com. Um, there's no G, just jerkinjerky dot com. And, and you can find all my current flavors on there, which is going to be my uh, original. My Old Bay, Habanero Bourbon, Mandarin Jalapeno, and Lemon Pepper. Um, and I think there's also still a few pounds available um, for Bubba's Bold, which is my hot barbecue. And I always post new flavors on my different social medias. Um, sometimes I'll do small, limited run certain flavors. So uh, you can find me on Instagram. It's just Spence Jerky. Um, and then if you want to see uh, kind of more behind the scenes and also see me talk about college football and troll different uh, fan bases that aren't University of Florida, um, my Twitter handle is uh, just Jerk and Jerky. Um, you can find me there. And uh, that's, like I said, I talk a lot more, you know, football and stuff like that there. Um, yeah, those are those are the main places. You can also find me on Facebook if you type in Spencer's Jerky. jerky. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. Um, you won't see too much going on there, but you know, you'll see everything that gets posted on in an Instagram automatically post my Facebook. So, um, yeah, that's, that's really, really all the places to find me. Um, and you know, if you place any order on my website, um, I'll ship it anywhere in the world. Um, I get messages all the time about, uh, do you ship to this state? Do you ship to this country? Um, I'll ship it anywhere. I've shipped outside the United States multiple times. Um, I've started to ship to the Virgin Islands, you know, multiple times, I think since last time we talked. So yeah, that's been a lot, yeah. a lot of fun. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I had a question for you, um, Spencer, on something you just said, which was, um, oh, man, man, that's great. Well, 
recording and I just went blank, but I, the, I mean, is there anything other than jerky you're going to go into, like sauces or seasonings? I mean, do you see that that being something that you also do, or maybe people can do their own jerky at home? I mean, I mean, how do you? Is there other possibilities that you've ever thought about? I thought about it, and I did engage people's interest, and it seemed like there was traction there, but I never got around to doing it. And what I was going to do was actually offer uh, marinades. You know, and you know, sell you um, a small bottle of you know, essentially what would be the same as one batch of that flavor marinade. And the reason why I wanted to do that was just to see what people did with it. Um, you know, with Dennis's uh, barbecue sauce that I made the flavor out of, I've actually shipped a couple of bottles of the barbecue sauce along with the jerky, uh, so that people can you know, you know, make chicken or something at home um, on their grill. Um, I've thought about doing. Uh, my, my my flavors like exactly what you would get if I was going to marinate your jerky, but maybe you could just bottle it and ship it to you. I thought about doing that. Um, I did do do a few small batches of salsa around here. Um, I didn't ship any, but I you know did do some local deliveries at the office and actually uh, I did uh, give some to some of the butchers around the area um, just to make sure they like me. Uh, besides how much steak I buy from them, um, so I did some salsa just using like a compression unit, you know the same stuff that I put in my jerky. Um, but after that, you know, I haven't, I haven't thought too much outside of the jerky realm other than some other things we talked about, like the turkey jerky or, uh, options and stuff like that. Yeah. And the other thing that I had, the other question I had before we go is, um, that I wanted to ask, um, that I thought about when I read, um, a question about Shopify, but you kind of answered it. So I didn't ask it, but what it brought to mind is do you, do you use Facebook and Instagram stores through your Shopify account as well? Yeah, yeah, and I think that's how it knows um, more so where the people come from. And what's really great for any people, if you haven't done this already and you run a small business, especially one um, with e-commerce, what Shopify is going to allow you to do is tag your products on Instagram. So um, what better way to market your food if it's a food product, which most likely the listeners are selling. So you're scrolling and you see, you know, a great thing of, you know, chicken wings and a great looking hot sauce on it and there's a link that you can click, you click without ever having to type in a website you can click right on the picture and it's going to pull up that, that person's website so you can buy the hot sauce right then and there um so that's what i still do from time to time it's a little bit more time consumed but um you can do that on your instagram posts as well as your instagram stories and have it link right to your shopify so people can buy it without ever having to really do anything and then with you know paypal checkout don't even have to find their wallet or their purse uh, so yeah it's a it's a great it's a great platform that's um, just crazy i mean it's yeah. become i mean something that seems so amazingly difficult 20 years ago is just a streamlined process now you know so exactly <clears throat> pretty cool well thank you again spencer and thank you everyone for listening in and share what we're doing on the podcast and Everyone, really, stay tuned. We have some exciting things coming over the next episode. And, uh, Spencer, I look forward to having you back and, and hopefully meeting you in person one of these days. So thanks again for your commitment and doing another part. I mean, I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks again for having me, Justin. It was a lot of fun. Can't wait to do it again. And, yeah, we did talk about that on previous episodes. Um, where, you know, you're going to come through Maryland oh. and try, try to do something. So, hopefully, uh, hopefully this, you know, we get past this and then we can still do that. <laughs> we'll see what happens. I mean, I do have family in Maryland. Yeah. That's where <laughs> my parents. It's just I haven't been there in quite a while. So, 
obviously. <laughs> so. Yeah, I noticed when I called you that it popped up on my phone in Maryland. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, good luck, and uh, I'm really excited for your growth. And th- um, thank you, everyone, for listening in again, and have a great, great time. Yeah.